0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This episode is coming out a little later in the day than I usually like to show to, the show to come out. As you guys know, last week we talked about um, becoming the Proverbs 31 woman, and I share with you guys like my journey of going from entrepreneur to executive. And so, one thing that becomes increasingly difficult that I'm learning how to work around is pretty much like the two spaces that I have to dwell in at the same time. And this is something, this is a plight I believe of anybody who's called to both ministry and the marketplace is you have to flow between Being that executive that you need to be in the business, you know, being strategic, uh, making sure things are done correctly, looking at your numbers, measuring success, uh, strategic planning, like these things that you have to do as an executive. But then you have this responsibility to God's people and more of the ministry capacity to make sure that you are. Ah uh, spiritually, where you need to be, that you're praying and fasting for your community, for yourself, that that you're doing the spiritual things that need to happen, and when you present yourself to God's people, that you are presenting yourself in a way not as the the oftentimes tough executive, but as the humble person that is allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way, and so for me, that's something that has has been pretty difficult since um, God has called me to talk about him on the show. And it's become increasingly difficult now as I am really building an infrastructure in my business that's going to support the vision that God gave me. And so for me, though, one thing that ain't never finna happen is me hit record and I'm not in a place where I'm still in that executive mindset, right? Because Y'all know me from this show, right? Y'all know me. If y'all have met me at any of our events, I'm very like kind. I'm always going, you know, I'm gonna pray for you, um, whatever, like the Holy Spirit is going to always have his way. But a lot of you guys aren't familiar with me as the executive or the business owner, because me in that role is a little bit more tough a little bit more aggressive and, um, very stern in that role because I take my business very seriously. (laughs) I can't be soft in my business. Like there's things that need to happen. So when it comes to business stuff, I'm like, uh, I'm just a little bit different. It's just a different side of me that has to be shown in that light in order to be effective and, um, in order to get things done. But I'm definitely a lot more gentle when it comes to things like this, because that's just how I feel like I have to be uh, with who God entrusted me with. And so that plight is something that sometimes can be frustrating. And I'm just sharing this because there are some of you guys who are also called to both business and ministry. And you may feel like, how can I do both? How can I be? The business owner that I need to be, but also be who God needs me to be for his people. That it is possible to do both. But for me, le- lately, especially when it came to recording this episode, I've been very focused on the business part. So, like making sure my strategies are in place, right? Last week we talked about that Proverbs 31 woman, and I've really been working on the back end on my systems. To make that happen, my process and how I plan out my weeks and how I delegate things to my team. How do I um, manage various projects that I have going on and things like that. So getting into the mode that's required to do this show, I ain't been able to do it till today. (laughs) And so the show is uh, coming out a little bit later. But I share that with you guys because it is important for you guys to understand what it takes to show up in both ministry and marketplace, right? So for my business, that actually is a lot easier for me personally. I've always been a very entrepreneurial person. I've always been a strategic thinker. I've always been a problem solver. I've never been really a highly emotional person. I've always been extremely logical. So when it comes to business, that comes naturally to me. So I could wake up And after doing the things I need to do, get right into the business without any like preparation. But when it comes to spiritual things, not saying that that doesn't come naturally to me, but it's a different process, right? I have a process that I go through before I record this show to make sure that it's at the level that it needs to be at. And my process is prayer. My process is praise and worship because I'm not going to ever, humility is very important to me. I know I ain't get here with nobody but God there are not like this platform has grown to monumental levels that don't make sense you know what i mean and yeah there's great business behind it and marketing and things like that but for somebody that's a regular girl from pg county maryland that that hasn't had a bunch of celebrities or influencers as guests to drive up numbers somebody who simply hits record by myself and talk every single week and to reach the amount of people that we reach i don't know millions of people, but that's how many people we reach on an annual basis multi-millions of people that's god And so I'm never going to make the mistake to think that I'm smart enough or that I did something that's going to get me here. And so for me, praise and worship is important because it puts me in that place of humility. It puts me in that place to, no matter what I accomplish in my personal life, no matter how I may be feeling myself that day, that when I hit record, I smacked the mic, (laughs) but when I hit record on this microphone, that it is God's voice that's speaking. And so, um, praise and worship is a part of my routine. Just sitting in silence in his presence is a part of my routine. I don't record a show without hearing from God. And it's funny because this year I was like, okay, God, check this out. <laughs> I'm serious. This is was me in my prayer time. Like, God, check this out. Um, I'm trying to be more effective as far as my schedule is concerned. So is it possible? that you could possibly give me like more than one episode in a week. So I know, and God is good because he actually gave me, um, two episodes over the last week. So I could record this one and then record that one for next week and kind of get ahead. But, um, I, I have part of my routine is the, the boundaries or the rules that I set in place, which is if I don't get a word from God, I'm not recording the show. Advertisers would just have to be mad. I'll be all right. And y'all might just have to be upset with me. That's okay too, but I'm not doing that. I'm not going to get on this show without going through my routine because it's the routine and the process that I take to, to get out my own head, to get out of whatever I may have going on or to get out of my thoughts as far as my business is concerned and to get in his presence and what y'all need. I don't come on here to talk. I talk about myself in the confines of what God wants me to share with you, but this ain't about me. This is about what you need, which is why I'm talking about this right now because there are some of y'all who are building platforms who do have a call to both business and ministry. And so me just sharing this is going to help some people. Trust me, that's the only reason I'm sharing it. Your girl is very private. But um, but yeah, I wanted to share that um just as a reason why the episode is coming out later, but also as a little mini lesson to any of you guys who are called to both business, um, ministry, and marketplace is that understand that it will be kind of Hard, but create like the routines that you need in order to make sure that you're thriving in both areas. All right, that ain't even what we talking about today, <laughs> but a part of prayer, because one day I'm going to actually record the prayer I say before the show, but a part of me praying before hitting record is that God will lead me. And I always say, God, if I need to divvy deviate from my notes, let me do that. This ain't about me. This is about your will being fulfilled every single week. And um, so, yeah, I know that was definitely for somebody. So let's move into the actual notes about what today is supposed to be about. Okay. I wanted to say a quick thank you to everybody for the great feedback. Y'all been blowing my emails, my DMs, my text messages up about last week's episode. And that was actually the first episode that I listened back to all the way. Usually I skim through episodes to just make sure it's no audio issues or whatever, But this one I actually listened to and it was just different and I appreciated it just myself because I, my prayer was for us to go deeper this year. I've really been seeking God when it comes to this audience for the last few months, especially over my little break time in December because I want to make sure that we're being responsible. That's like my favorite word when it comes to building platforms. Anybody who has come to the retreats knows I always talk about being responsible. It's very important to me to be responsible with God's people. And so, my prayer was like, "Okay, God, we got to go to new levels in 2020. I'm not in the I'm ready to go to new levels, not just with me, but with this show because if we go back to the last 3 years, 2017, this show came out under a whole different name a whole, I was all the way doing it out of my flesh and my business knowledge to grow my, um, consulting business at the time. And then I was also growing my relationship with God on the back end. And it is through growing that relationship where he had me change it over. So then we come into 2018 with the show changing over and me really being unsure, feeling unqualified, just feeling like, who am i to be talking about god and so that was pretty much my posture personally even though i still did whatever he told me to do then we move on to 20 the 2019 the first half was the same way just like god what are you doing like i trust you and i'm going to i'm going to speak what you tell me to speak and do what you tell me to do on this show but like what's going on and so it was my i was on the back end very frustrated because I didn't know what God was doing right he told me to shut down all of the businesses that I had going on and I just was just not having it in that struggle waiting season like a lot of y'all know that season and so that's where I was at and then fast forward to the second half of 2019 is when God allowed me to recover everything that I thought that I lost and he truly blew my mind and showed me the rewards and the blessings of obedience so now here I am even coming into 2020 my mind. is totally different my attitude is totally different my swag is totally different and it's not that same um Regular little girl anymore, that little girl in the spirit anymore. I'm a monster now because God has shown me so much with just me and Him. And I've seen what happens when you don't grow weary and doing the right thing. I've seen Him give me everything that I prayed and I fasted about. I've seen the other side of the waiting season and the pruning season. And so I'm like, oh, let's go. So that's my attitude right now going into this year just at a new powerhouse level. We talked about that. Go back and listen to the series if you haven't. But now I'm in powerhouse mode. And I'm like, God, what does powerhouse mode look like for this audience? Because we all are powerhouses, so what we got to do? And so what's funny is God actually gave me a revelation um, the other day, and I'm going to read you guys this. Let's actually go ahead and pay a bill. And then we're going to come back and I'm going to read Um, what God's told me is the mandate for this audience this year. This episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Y'all know I love me some Skillshare, right? I'm forever telling somebody to go on Skillshare whenever they want to learn something new. Make your 2020 a year where you explore new skills, you deepen your existing passions, and you get lost in creativity with Skillshare's online classes. What you find just might both surprise you and inspire you. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of other creatives, Skillshare helps you accomplish real growth. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life so that you can move your creative journey, your entrepreneurial journey forward without putting your life on hold. You can learn and grow with short classes that will fit into your busy routine. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month, I love using Skillshare because there's so much for this year that I want to learn in order to accomplish my goals and to see the results and things that I want to see. But like I said, those in-person classes can become pricey and this time consuming when you can just go on Skillshare for less than $10 a month and learn even better and honestly in a more convenient way, the exact same material. One of the things I'm going to be diving deeper into for myself and my business is film and video. And so thanks to Skillshare, I could start brushing up my knowledge on editing software and um, important things in that area. I got about five videos right now queued up. Skillshare is a proud sponsor of the Blessed Embossed Up podcast. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash blessed and get two, free months y'all of premium membership. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com blessed. That's skillshare.com blessed. Let's get back to the show. Okay, so the other day I went to a church in my area. My friend Tish is always inviting me to stuff. And so we went to this church in the area and um, Bishop T.D. Jakes was speaking there. They had like a revival all week. And I went to the um, revival on Saturday, and it was like fantastic, y'all. Seriously, that joint was crazy. But um, and in me kind of not having a church home for a while, and just being frustrated in the sense that I haven't been able to find what I'm looking for. The way that he preached and what happened was just like, oh, I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? And so it was so refreshing for me. But anyway, God, one of the things that God was sharing with me was that we're like for myself is I'm moving into the big leagues and T.D. Jakes was talking about, Genesis and the foundation of everything and said after day one, all God did was, um, separate light from darkness and said, it's all good. And he talked about like the power of things being unfinished that when you're doing something small, you can expect to do it quick. But when you're doing something big, then it's, it's something that takes time. And so you have to be okay with things not being finished because big deals take time. And he was saying an example that he gave was when you buy a hairbrush, that's a quick transaction. You get it. You give them the $2 or so you get your brush and you out. But if you want to buy the mall that has the store that the hairbrush is sold in, that's a process that's going to take years. Maybe but you got to go through negotiations. You have to get the lawyers involved. You have to do all of these things. And so that was really, really like a mind opener for me as somebody who can get impatient. I know a lot of you guys can feel me on that, get impatient sometimes. And so that was a mind opener for me. And God was showing me like, we're going into the big leagues. And so I'm like, well, God, what does that mean for my audience? Because I've been praying and really seeking God for y'all for the last couple of months. And so what God was telling me was, don't even talk to your audience like they're in the small leagues either. He says, take them on the journey to bigger. Bigger is found, and this is good, y'all. Remember, I told y'all last time, get your pen and paper? This is something that you need to write down. He says that bigger is found in revelation, revelation is found in the word. And then the realization or you seeing that revelation manifest in your life is found in obedience. God literally gave us the blueprint to bigger right here, the blueprint to the big leagues. And I wanted to share this because I told y'all, it's a lot of powerhouses (laughs) that listen to this show. And so God was just confirming that for me, that I'm not even going to get on this microphone and talk to y'all like you're playing small. I'm going to take you on the journey and we're going to talk about bigger. And remember, bigger is found in Revelation revelation is found in the word and then the realization or you seeing that revelation manifest in your life is found in obedience and that thing y'all was so good to me and so I share that with you guys to pretty much warn you now (laughs) we ain't playing small this year We are not playing small this year. It's no use to having this clear 2020 vision if you don't have the work ethic or the obedience to back that up or the patience or the trust in God to back that up. And so we're not playing small on this show this year. It's going to be very meaty every single episode. Um, And we're just going to get right to work because I really want to see bigger manifest in not just my life, but all of you guys' life. So moving on into today's main topic, the title of today's episode is how to avoid being blindsided by the enemy. And we're going to talk about this because this is something that keeps a lot of us from playing in the big leagues. We get kept in the small leagues because we're spending too much time on avoidable turmoil, right? Or we're allowing the enemy to get away with way too much when we already have the victory over him in all of his schemes, right? So I want to talk about this today so we could get this out the way again, get y'all pen and paper, because as we go, as we are going into bigger, there will be opposition but the fight is fixed in our favor already. It's just a matter of us exercising the authority that God has already given us. And the thing about the enemy is he can't take away our salvation, right? He can't take away the fact that we're saved. And when we die, we're going to go to heaven. He can't take that away. But what he can do is play with us while we're here on earth and try to keep us from the life that God has for us. Keep us from living our days and prosperity in our years and pleasure. He's trying to keep us from bearing much fruit. He's trying to keep us from a lie. And a lot of us have big callings on our lives. I shared a lot. um, I shared a bit with you guys about what we're doing with our media company. We are going into territory that the enemy has run rampant on, I would be foolish to think that I wouldn't experience warfare. And me experiencing warfare is not something I'm finna be scared of, but it's just something that I understand is going to come and I'm going to exercise my authority and exercise what God has already given me to push through it and get over it. So today we're going to talk about this. Uh we're just going to park here. We're going to get this out the way because we're not be about to be played with this year okay and we're not about to get stuck with things that we could overcome by simply using the things that God has already given us now the scripture that we're going to be anchored in for this episode y'all like the the little pun anchored anchor media no no okay all right all right cool I'm gonna insert a laugh track maybe so I can at least have a little fake laugh for myself but um, (laughs) so anyway the scripture that we're going to be anchored in for this episode is 1st Peter 5 8 and I say this scripture all the time, and this is one of the many ones that I use as to govern my own decision-making, but this one hit me different recently. So to tell you what it says, it says to be alert and of sober mind. Some uh, translations say be sober and vigilant. Some say be watchful, but this translation says be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So that was first Peter five, eight, and I read it all the way to nine. Now, what stood out to me in the scripture that I have read and said many of times that has never stood out to me before is the word roaring lion. So again, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. And I was reading this book and the book was actually about, and I'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, it was, the book was called Becoming a Millionaire God's Way. And I read it at the end of the year. Um, I bought it a while ago, but God told me to finish it before 2019 was over. So I basically read that whole joint in like a week because I procrastinated, but I got it done. Right. So, um, The book, it says that, it it, it talked about this scripture and it says that a roaring lion is loud. But so many of us, how can we get blindsided by something that's screaming? When a lion roars, it's very, very loud. I mean, if you YouTube Roaring Lion real quick, I'm sure some type of safari video will come up and you could hear what I'm talking about. But a lion is loud. And this was further magnified to me recently, we had a prayer call for the society and, um, someone was sharing with us the, just some things that she was going through with in her family. And so she was telling us just the dynamic and what was going on and sharing like her frustrations about it. And so after I, read this though, in the book, and I got that revelation, my prayer has been, God, show me the things that I may be overlooking, allow me to hear the roars, allow me to see the roars in, in ways that I may be, I'm not paying attention. And so as the girl was, was explaining to us what was going on, I saw the God allowed me to see the scheme of the enemy right there. And so I had shared this with her and I'm like, this is so funny because a lot of times we don't even see what he's doing and he's loud about it. Like imagine somebody screaming in your ear and you don't hear him because you're so consumed with whatever it is that you have going on. Like take a second to think about that. You're so concerned with the fact that, I don't have the finances that I want to have, or you're so concerned with the disappointment that you thought some things was going to happen last decade or in 2019, and they haven't happened yet, that you're not hearing the enemy roaring in your ear by using your emotions to keep you stuck in what God didn't do, as opposed to keeping your faith in the promise of what's to come. That's something serious right there when you really allow it to sit in your spirit. And for me, even at the the first part of this year, it was a lot of like roaring going on in my life. And it was more so of mindset and emotions. And so for me, I'm like, I'm not even an emotional person like that. Like what's going on? Like, what is, what is this? And so then, then there was these thoughts coming in, like the enemy telling me things like you think you, who are you to build a multimillion dollar company? You don't know anybody that's built a multi million dollar company before you think you about to this little black girl, um, that, that don't that's from wherever you think that you about to go into this industry and really make some type of difference, please. Like, this is the thing that the enemy is telling me. And for a second there, because I'm chilling, I'm all excited about the new year. I'm not being sober and vigilant. I'm not being watchful. I'm like, Oh my God, maybe I can't do this like how can how am i going to build out a multi million dollar company i don't know anybody that's done that i can't google how to do this this is something this is scary and so all these things start rising up and then something switched in me one day and i was like hold up Please, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I wasn't supposed to be here. And you mean to tell me that how am I going to get there? I don't need to know how I'm going to get there. But I know one thing for as long as I continue to do what God called me to do, I'm going to get there. So come harder. Simple as that. And as these thoughts come up, I'm like, no, I buy every thought that rises up against what God told me. Please don't try me, devil, not the day. And you may have had me in my feelings for one day, but I'm going to wake up and remember who I am and I'm not having it. And so this so think about this for yourself, guys, like how was the enemy roaring and we're missing it? That's the thing about this scripture That's so good is, he's, is that, uh, Peter is telling us to be watchful. He loud, but you got to pay attention. If <laughs> he says, be sober and vigilant that the devil wars around that the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. He's telling you, Hey, He loud, but you got to pay attention because if you don't, you might miss it. So the same thing for you guys, I want you to get this in your spirit. How is the enemy roaring and you're missing it? In order for us to get bigger, we got to stop missing it. And we have to be sober and we have to be vigilant. And so for, if y'all don't get anything else from this episode, the cliff notes version, the tweetable version on how to avoid being blindsided by the enemy is understanding he's loud. You just gotta listen. This episode is brought to you by ORE. ORE is fine jewelry made in New York City, founded by women for women. Pieces range from classic to statement to completely original made to order. Y'all, let me tell you something. Their made to order pieces are so beautiful. ORE makes the jewelry you've always wanted but could never find in just a regular old store. Orate was started by two friends during brunch, because who doesn't love brunch, right? When one got a green finger from an overpriced ring, sparking a conversation about how they were just fed up with the traditional jewelry market. Because Orate sells direct to you without the middleman markup, they can offer the same quality as a traditional Fifth Avenue brand at a fraction of the cost. Orate hacked the jewelry market, making real gold accessible. I personally like jewelry that's super simple and beautiful and looks expensive. I don't like big, gaudy jewelry. I love something that's simple and beautiful and gold is just my fave. I think maybe my wedding ring and uh, wedding band are probably the only things that only pieces of jewelry I own that aren't gold. But Oray jewelry is all that I like to look for with the simple and the daintiness without that expensive price tag. And the necklace I picked is super cute. Of course, it's gold. And I know I could wear it anywhere, but I honestly wanted to save it a bit so that I could wear it somewhere nice. So I said in the episode, my wedding anniversary is this weekend, and I can't wait to wear it with this really cute dress that I got to wear for my boo on our anniversary. For 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com slash bless and use promo code bless. That's a u. R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash blessed and use promo code blessed. Let's get back to the show. Now, just in case you didn't give that, I'm going to also give you guys three points on how to avoid being blindsided by the enemy. Now, the first one is you have to be free from illusion, illusion. And if you look up the definition of illusion, illusion is simply a false idea or a belief. Another word for, for, uh, or another definition of the word sober is to be free from illusion. And so I love this definition because the enemy, one of his tactics is to blow smoke in mirrors, is to bring confusion. And how can you really live a life that's pleasing to God and really follow the principles that are written in the Bible if you're confused about it? And he's very successful in that, especially with this generation. So the way that you avoid being blindsided by him is that you have to be free from any illusions. I remember seeing a something. I think somebody did, I don't know what I saw, but I got really frustrated because the question was, what is keeping you from truly living a life from God? And someone had answered and said that, what did they say? I want to make sure I say it correctly. I hate to misquote people. Oh, they said that feeling close from God, but not really wanting to, feeling close to God, but not really wanting to read the Bible. And that frustrated me so much. It was honest. I appreciate any honesty, but it frustrated me so much because you cannot be close to God and not read his word or like you can't. God says that him and his word are one. So how can you say that you're close to God and then disregard the Bible? That doesn't make sense. You're close to a God, but it's not the one true living God. And that's a very dangerous place to be in because I don't know who you praying to or who you listening to in your quiet time, but it ain't it ain't the, the big G, okay? It's the lowercase g. And so that's a scary place to be. And that's an illusion. And the enemy especially uses it with this millennial generation. And this is so funny. Someone uh, and I were talking about this Friday that the millennial generation, a lot of us are really focused on building a relationship with God. We're like, breaking away from the religious structure and more so focusing on relationship. But the danger in that is there's so much spirituality out there that if you don't have a true foundation in the word, then you're going to get lost and you're going to get involved in this smoke and mirrors thing. That's going to have you in to new age practices and witchcraft honestly is what it all is. It's going to have you in witchcraft unknowingly praying to the devil unknowingly because you're You're not really taking the time to open up the Bible and get to know God. You're not taking the time to get around wise counsel, to teach you about the word of God, that rebellious spirit because of church hurt, because of religious structures and systems that do need, a lot of them do need to get uprooted. And they will be, because I do believe God is fed up with people who are, um, mismanaging their flocks and people who are um, damaging his people. But at the same time, the rebellion kind of gets us all the way left to where now we're into some whole other stuff and we're picking and choosing what makes us feel the most comfortable and saying that that's God. And that's not what it is. God is very clear about who he is, what we should do to life that we should live. And it's all outlined in the Bible. But the second we come across something that we don't agree with or something that holds us accountable to a lifestyle that may not be as fun, then we try to go back into the spiritual stuff that makes us feel good. This is another illusion that the enemy uses and is very successful at. And the illusion is what keeps so much of us stuck that we think that we could be involved in all of these things that we could copy and paste our own definition of what it means to be a follower of Christ when that's not, that isn't aligned with the word of God and that keeps us caught up and that allows the enemy to kill, steal steal, and destroy the things that we're trying to build because we're not building them with the one true living God. And I don't believe that the illusion that a lot of us find ourselves in is something that's intentional It's just that we're not fully committing to under to opening up the Bible and reading it. Like there was, I'm very clear when it comes to our podcast retreats and things that we work with people who serve the Lord. Right. But I'll have people who will apply. There's an application process because we want to make sure that there's nobody slipping through the cracks. Supernatural things happen at these retreats. People get free from a lot. Like we really be in there thinking that, Oh, we're going to talk about business and podcasting, but God be coming through people getting filled with the Holy spirit. People redeemed rededicating their life to christ prophet prophetic voices getting um activated and they're like real stuff be happening in that joy and so but we can't create that type of atmosphere if we just let anybody in and so um there were people who apply and they'll and one of the things we do is we look at people's so, social media because that will tell us a lot that we need to know about a person and so we look at them and there'll be things that people post it, and i'm like well what made them think that this is what they believe in, that my retreat will be a place for that? Like it's, it it confuses me because I'm like, well, you know, this your life. Like, you know, do you boo, but why do you think that that is the same as what I'm talking about? Like, I don't understand that, but I do believe that this just goes back to the illusion, especially, and this is a huge one in entrepreneurship, this illusion um, there, I could go in. I could really go in on this, but I'm just simply not. Um, but back to the main point, in order for you to make sure that you're actually progressing and going into the big leagues, like God wants you to operate in that powerhouse level that we've been talking about is you have to be free from these illusions. Another illusion is about money. Like the book I read is is called, again, Becoming a Millionaire God's Way. He spent a lot of the book debunking the illusion that Um, that you have to be poor in order to be a follower of Christ, uh, debunking the illusion that Jesus was poor. And so he talked about uh, scripture. Of course, he gave the scripture about the wealth of the wicked being stored up for the righteous. Um, And he used a bunch of other different scriptures to really break down that illusion that you have to be poor or that money is bad. And of course, people who believe that you shouldn't be wealthy Um, If you're a follower of Christ, always like to say, use the scripture uh, for the love of money is the root of all evil, but they they twist it up to say the root uh, that money is the root of all evil when actuality in actuality it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. And that God when God gives us money it's not Christians when he gives us this wealth and things it's not for us to be out here like flexing and but we could enjoy the fruits of our labor right we can enjoy the money that we have but he gives it to us in abundance so that we could use it to advance his kingdom the kingdom should be way more wealthy than the world and so this I really love this book because he debunked that myth that uh or the illusion to stay on on topic here he debunked that illusion that being poor is somehow righteous and so that's another example of an illusion and so one of the things that I really want you guys to do over the next week is to really spend some time with God in prayer and say Lord what are some illusions that I've accepted in my life what are some things that have been distorted from what you've intended them to be that I've accepted into my life because like I said I don't believe that a lot of the illusions we get ourselves caught up in are intentional but But that doesn't give us an excuse to still uh, perpetuate these things, right? We have to go back to God and ask for his correction and ask for his revelation and for him to shine light on the things in our life that are um, false. Now, point number two, and this is my favorite, (laughs) is that you have to have a strategy. If you want to break into bigger and and be in the big leagues and, and not continuously take L's to the enemy, you have to have a strategy. And so I I saw something that was pretty interesting on uh, this here internet, right? I looked up the definition of strategy. So when I looked this up, strategy is defined as a high level plan to achieve one or more goals under conditions of uncertainty. I had this in bold because this is what stood out to me about this. Let me read it one more time. It says, Strategy is a high level plan to achieve one or more goals under the conditions of uncertainty. So as people of God, it's funny, like this part really stood out to me because as people of God, we live in a constant state of uncertainty, right? We know the end. So we're uncertain ish, right? We know the end because we got scriptures such as Jeremiah 29, 11, that says, for, I know the plans I have for you plans that are good and not for disaster to give you hope in the future. But so we know the the plan is to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope in the future as it says in other translations, but we don't always know the methodology, the how, or the details or the ways that God is going to use to get us there. Isaiah 55 verses eight through nine tells us that my thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are beyond anything that you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So this is telling us that, hey, the scripture is telling us that, yeah, that my plan is to prosper you, but you ain't going to never understand my methodology behind doing it. And so then if we go into faith, then the definition of faith, Hebrews 11 and one says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So what this tells me is that we have the promise to prosper. We understand the, the journey to, pros, to the promise we're never going to get, but we have to continue to keep our hope and our faith that we will get there. And so that's why you must have strategy. Because it's that uncertainty that the enemy is going to use to play around with you. That's where the illusions come in, making you feel like you got to do something beyond what God told you to do in order to be successful, that you have to uh, spend money on coaches or, or all of these things. And I'm not saying that those are bad things, but God has a plan and a methodology for us as individuals as well. So he may, so the enemy may give you this illusion that you have to do what other people are doing on social media in order to be successful. And because you're not understanding the, the, uh, the methodology or you're not understanding what God is doing, your faith is wavering. That's what the enemy is doing is he's taking attacks at our faith because if we had confidence in what we hope for, and if we had assurance about what we do not see, we wouldn't have an issue with faith. And we wouldn't have an issue with illusion. So the enemy is attacking our faith, and that's why we have to have a strategy. The internet, this ain't even a concordance I'm reading this definition from, this is Wikipedia. It's saying that strategy is a high level plan to achieve one or more goals under conditions of uncertainty. We are uncertain about the way that God is going to get us to the promise. So we need to have a strategy so that we can continue to work and build and and, and grow into bigger, grow to the promise and the things that God has for us. And we also need a strategy to make sure that we're not falling victim into these illusions, to make sure that we're being watchful, that we're being sober and that we're being vigilant. And the top strategy, y'all, The most important strategy that a lot of us seem to be a little iffy about is obedience. It's as simple as that. The Bible is very clear. You could go straight to Deuteronomy 28 and the the first few verses, it'll tell you about the blessings for obedience. And then after that, it'll start telling you the curses for disobedience. So you want to know the strategy? For you get into the promise and you not falling victim to the schemes of the enemy. The strategy is to be obedient. And and, and the reason why I went over the fact that we know the promise, but we don't know the process is because I need you to get comfortable with not knowing the process. And once you get comfortable with not knowing the process and having real faith, which is confidence in what we hope for assurance about what we do not see. Once you get confident in that and what God said, the obedience becomes a lot easier. The reason why a lot of us aren't obedient is because we doubt what God said he's going to do or because we don't fully trust. And that's a real thing for uh, many of us. And once I'm I'm a huge, y'all know I say this all the time, I'm big on honesty, identify what the problem really is because that's, then you'll be able to get to the root of it. So a lot of us, uh, our problem with obedience is trust. We don't trust God. So once you identify that you don't trust God, you can then go to figure out why. It might be some brokenness, something may, that you may need to go to therapy for, like whatever it is, identify it, get to the root of it so that it can be healed and you can get to be obedient. And if you struggle with obedience, I'm going to tell y'all straight up, because again, we going into the big leagues, y'all. I, I'm going to be nice always, but at the same time, I'm going to keep it real with you. If you're struggling with disobedience, the enemy is going to play with your life. This year, you have to get to a point where if God says, jump, you jump. That you don't need a play-by-play in order to be obedient with what he told you to do. Because it's in that, pl- that your request for the play-by-play is in your request for 50, 11 million confirmations it's in your, in your overthinking that the enemy inserts these illusions that he plays with your emotions and your mentality. And he makes attacks at your faith. Like rem- he's loud, y'all. <laughs> like he is loud, but we're not realizing it. And the way to combat that is to just simply do what God says. So this year, I want you to practice just doing what God says and not thinking about it. Just do it, okay? <laughs> All right, so another strategy is, and this is, of course, prayer is a huge strategy. Let me tell you something. It ain't nothing that I didn't seen happen in my life thus far that has not first started through prayer. And fasting. And so the strategy for prayer, I pulled this from Priscilla Shira's book, Fervent. And I just simply love this book. I'm always going to kick for this book. Like Priscilla, put me on payroll, sis, because I'm going, I I mean, matter of fact, I don't need to be on payroll, girl. I'm going to keep selling this book because this book is just fantastic. But the, and it talks about uh, uh, crafting a prayer strategy. But the strategy that she talks about is when you pray that you need to cover these basis. Praise. So start your prayers, just thanking God for everything that he's done, right? Just honoring him, worshiping him Start it with praise. Then you repent. So ask him for forgiveness for anything that you have knowingly done or unknowingly done, but repent and ask for forgiveness. Then ask for what you want. Submit your request to him. And after that, wait and expectation. So they say, they say yes. So after that, just thank him for that is already done and use the word to back you up. So if you're believing in God for financial increase, then praise him, repent for anything. Maybe the way that you, you've you steward, stewarded over your finances in the past, uh, for, God forgive me for not tithing, whatever. And then ask that, God, can you please, Increase my finances, and then find scriptures that talk about uh, financial increase, and so, and then thank him for what's already done, which is the word of God. So that is a prayer strategy. I hope y'all write that down. One more time: you praise, you repent, repent, you ask, and then you thank him for what's already done, and be sure to include the word. Write these scriptures down so that you can continuously recite them. Every single day, I know in her book she has like cards in the back that's like perforated pages where you could tear it out and write the cards down. You can get you a little one dollar notebook, girl, from Dollar Tree, whatever, and just write down the prayers and then just continuously recite those things um, that you're believing in God for another scripture in in Matthew 16, 19, it says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bound on earth will be bound on heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is a strategy. God is telling you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So start binding and loosing some things in your life. Job 22, 28 says, thou shalt also decree a thing and it will be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Start decreeing things in your life. These are strategies. These are strategies. When you're in that process, when you're in the the journey to the promise, which you're always going to be in, we just, the Bible says we go from glory to glory. There's never going to be a journey that you're finished with for as long as you have breath in your body, Right. Once you get over this hurdle that you're in right now, you're just going to enter into another process. Getting to bigger is not the destination because bigger is going to have a bigger 2.0 or something after that that God has for you. So it's these strategies that we're learning now that we're going to be able to apply that's going to keep our faith. Remember, the enemy is loud. He wants to attack our faith because if he attacks your faith, he takes your confidence and assurance out of God. And then that's where the illusions become effective. That's when those lies that he plants in your head becomes effective. But if you use these strategies, you'll be able to resist the things of the enemy. Another strategy is be a proactive prayer and and, and not a reactive prayer, not just a, a reactive prayer. So be proactive about your prayers and fasting. So pray about things, um, bef- pray against things so that they don't even happen. Don't wait till you get sick to pray, but declare your healing every single day. Don't wait until something happens in your marriage to pray, but pray and fast every day. I'm in a fast right now for marriages and the fastest for marriages, male uh, family members, and then people with sons and I'm fasting and I'm praying for my marriage. My marriage not having any issues and we're not having um strife in our marriage, but I'm fasting as a proactive strategy, right? My anniversary is this weekend, my wedding anniversary. So we, we, for y'all that don't know, we got married, we eloped. And then six months later, we had the wedding. But so our wedding anniversary is um, this week. So that's a year that we've been that we've had the wedding a year and a half since we've been married. But that's I'm not going to wait until I'm having strife in my marriage to pray and fast for my husband. I'm being proactive about that. So the same thing for you be proactive and not reactive. And then you can prevent things like we, the the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. The prayers of the righteous, it says in other translations are powerful and effective. You can stop something from happening. That's why God reveals things to us so that we can pray about those things. And so again, don't just be one of those people who you get smacked in the face and then you want to pray about it, be proactive about it. And it's in that, that prayer time as well, that the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you that you could take care of, right? within and there, and you never have to see them happen. How awesome is that, that you can just sit in the presence of God in prayer. He will tell you the enemy is loud sometimes in the things that he's doing. And other times uh, God will, will uh, reveal things to you. And then you can pray and stop whatever it is that, that he's conspiring against you right there in prayer. That is such a huge benefit of being a, a believer And it's, and it's a strategy that a lot of us don't really exercise. So again, you guys be a proactive prayer and faster and not just a reactive one. And then tithing is a a financial strategy. So the Bible says that if you bring all the tithes in the storehouse, that he will rebuke the devourer for your sake, for your sake, uh, tithing is an insurance policy that your finances will be protected. So that's another strategy that you can start implementing right now. I'm not telling you these things, you guys, because they sound good. I'm telling you these things because this is stuff that you can apply right now in your life to start seeing bigger, to start experiencing bigger, and to take your faith to new levels and to stop the enemy from playing around with you and your destiny. Let's stop right here and do a quick recap. All right. How to avoid being blindsided by the enemy. Number one, be free from illusion, which also means to be sober and vigilant, which was the first part of Peter first five, eight, but be free from these illusions that the enemy tries to put um, in front of us. Point number two was have a strategy. Some strategies include obedience, prayer strategies, uh, what is it? Binding and loosing things, decreeing things. Being proactive in your praying and fasting and also tithing is a financial strategy. And so the last thing I wanted to tell you guys is don't make the enemy's job easy. Do not make his job easy. And sometimes, and and what's interesting is a lot of the times we make his job easy because the noise and the roars that we have and we create in our own life eliminates his need to even interfere with what we got going on. He don't got to kill, steal, and destroy because we're doing enough of that ourselves. So in a lack of obedience is the way that you make his job easy. Not obeying God, uh, overthinking, um, feeding into the smoke and mirrors that the world tries to uh, do and pervert the word of God. Those things create unnecessary noise in your business, feeding into what everybody else is doing in their business instead of doing what God told you to do makes your life noisy, that makes his job easy. Because now instead of being obedient, you're just doing what you think the secrets to success are. Or even in your marriage, like looking at other people's marriages, marriage goals, and that makes you look at your husband different because you wish that he uh, bought you 25 rings when he proposed and told you to pick one. And because he didn't, because he only could buy one ring, you upset with him now. Like that's a silly example, but it's what we do. We get caught up in the facade of what other people put out. And it causes us to look at our blessings as if they're somehow less than. These are the things that we do, that we bring upon ourselves that makes the enemy's job easy. Or because we didn't make six figures, instead we made 50 grand. Sometimes Somehow we feel like we haven't succeeded. That's not true. So again, y'all do not make the enemy's job easy. Another way that we make his job easy is we don't. Know the word, we don't study the word. I cannot stress to you guys enough the importance of reading the Bible, of understanding the Bible seriously. Like, this is God left us with an open book that has the answers to everything that we're going through. But so many of us keep failing tests because we put we fail to use the, the biggest resource that we have. Make it make sense to me. And I know we all have a lot of excuses about I may not understand. There are so many ways to understand the Bible and I say this all the time, but I cannot stress the importance of knowing the word of God enough. Another thing that really stood out to me just in my own reading and and studying and things like that, and one of the ways that we create our own noise to where the enemy can kind of sit back and watch us mess up things Is our perception of the the struggle, if that makes sense, or our perception of the things that we're going through. And so what really brought this to life for me was I was reading Galatians and um, T.D. Jakes actually talked about this a bit in his sermon. He was saying that we live in a constant oxymoron. Because in Galatians and 5 um, uh, Galatians five verses 19 to 23, it tells us about the acts of the flesh as well as the fruit of the spirit. And so we live in a flesh that have uh, these things that are listed like, um, what does it say? It says the acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, So on and so forth. So these things are the desires of our flesh. And the Bible says that those who live like this, if we give into these fleshly desires, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so I loved how he talked about this, how we are in this a constant oxymoron. And that's all the more reason why we should be sober and be vigilant because we walk around inside of a body that doesn't want to obey God, but we have to live a life that is opposite of what our flesh wants to does wants to do. And is in tune with the spirit. And so, um, what really stood out to me though, and, and bring it back to my point, one of the fruits of the spirit is long suffering. So if I'm being real with y'all, I've heard the fruit of the spirit 50, times, but one, uh, like the, the fruit of the spirit of long suffering was one I really wasn't trying to deal with. I skipped over that one because that don't, that's not exciting. (laughs) Who wants to hear that long suffering is one of the fruit of the spirit. And that's the reason why when I originally read first Peter five, eight, that I went on to number nine uh, in verse nine, so first Peter five, nine, it says, resist him standing firm in the faith, because you know, that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And so it's telling us that there is suffering going on with believers. And then going back to the fruit of the spirit, long suffering is one of them. And so This frustrated me a little bit. I ain't going to lie because I'm like, God, why do we have to suffer so much? So as I was studying Peter in general, Um, In my studies, I was learning that suffering is a purification process. Suffering is a process that increases our faith. It's after the suffering is over and we see what God has brought us through and how he kept us, that our faith is increased. So we're not suffering to the point where it's going to lead to our destruction. We're suffering to the point where it's going to increase our faith and, and it's going to increase the faith of others when we share our testimony. But too many of us, we spend too much time upset and we make our lives noisy because of our emotions about what we're suffering through as opposed to persevering. Because another way you can look at long sufferings is perseverance. Perseverance sounds a lot more positive, right? So if you persevere through the pruning process and the things that God has you going through and not try to make everything out to be the devil, because God will put you through some things that may be initially painful as well, but it's for your good, But if you change your perspective about the pruning process or whatever long suffering he may have you go through so that you can inherit the kingdom of God so that you can make it to the promise then that's going, to, that's going to further increase your faith. And that's also going to allow you to further defeat these things of the enemy. Don't make his job easier because you're misconstruing what God is doing or how you feel. You're allowing how you feel to misconstrue the fact that God is still present and he's still working through you. So I, I wanted to end with that. And again, let's go through these one more time. And I hope y'all got y'all pen and paper, how to avoid being blindsided by the enemy is to be free from illusion, is to have a strategy, and is to not make his job easy. We're already over time, but I definitely had to get through all of those. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. Please rate, 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 rate. So people, as they are deciding if they're gonna to listen to the show, they know what you guys already think about it, right? So rate the show, share the show on social medias, tag me at Tatum Tamiya, tell me what you guys think, follow the show at Blessed and Bossed Up on Instagram and that's it. I love you guys. I hope you have a fantastic week and I'll talk to you next week.